Hey everyone. Hey everyone. I'm Kaya, Thrifty Redhead on Instagram. And I'm Caitlin, Did I Thrift That Closet on Instagram. And welcome to Flip That John. We are two full time resellers from Philly. And this is a weekly podcast that explores the ins and outs of reselling while linking arms with the reselling community to help grow and learn from each other. We're excited to connect with you and new voices that will help to inspire and motivate you in your reselling journey. Join us as we learn more about ourselves, each other, and our ever-growing awesome reselling community. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 15 of Flip That John podcast. If you're new, hi, hello, and if you're coming back, a big hello to our tiny hand gang. As always, make sure you hit the thumbs up, click the bell, and tell us how your week is going down below in the comments. Don't forget to join the tiny hand gang by hitting subscribe button on YouTube. And if you are joining us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other streaming platforms on the internet, you can join the tiny hand gang by clicking the follow button. We also love to know what y'all are enjoying or want to talk about. So make sure you leave a review, a comment, or a voice memo by clicking the link in our episode description to share your thoughts about our topics. And with that being said, let's jump into it because I'm so excited for this episode. We have an awesome guest. She is literally one of my favorite people on this planet. Um, Everyone, I'm so glad. And with that being said, we have Emily Conway today. Thank you. (laughs) You're sweet. I'm so excited. Uh, Emily is a great human being. I can't wait uh, for you guys to be able to talk to her. Um, We are also talking about mental health this month. It is mental health awareness. And of course, when I was like, who can we talk about mental health with? Emily was the first person that came to my mind because literally that's how we met. Um, So before we kind of like just tell you and you can embrace how amazing Emily is, Emily, why don't you introduce yourself to listeners? Tell them some quick facts about yourself. All right. Well, my name's Emily Conway. My favorite show is The Office. Um, (laughs) I'm a reseller, of course. This is a reseller chat. So, you know, I resell on eBay and Facebook Marketplace. I, I, ha- I actually sell a lot on there lately. It's it's booming. It's doing way better than it was in the past. So Facebook Marketplace is good. So I, I do mostly hard goods. Uh, but honestly, these days I can, you know, flip whatever I get my hands on, literally. Books books have been good for me lately. I've been doing lots of books. But anyways, um, my favorite color is yellow. And I am 29 years old and I have two kids. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else you want to know, but that's I love awesome. it. I think that's amazing because no one ever had an intro like that. So yeah. Thank I you love for it. telling us your favorite color. Yeah. Like, I love that. Also, I know my mom is really excited about this episode because she just loves you as a human being. And- I love your mom. I've not met her, but she, like the amount of love that has been transmitted vicariously through you from her. I'm like, wow, like this woman loves me. But I feel like she's going to be like, it's a sign because Val's favorite color is yellow as well. So y'all were just meant to, y'all are just (laughs) giant sunflowers together. I love it. But when I told her that you were coming on, she's like, oh my God. And then the last two weeks while we were on break, she was like, when is the interview? When is, why aren't you guys on today? And I was like, oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Sunflowers are my favorite too. So. Oh, yeah. look, 
Kyle is just meant to be. Um, no, I love that. I think uh, so. You're. I know. I mean, I know you from also YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so fun, just little fact backstory, real quick between how um, I've met Emily was I was actually doing a live Instagram, just randomly talking about mental health as I do, um, trying to break the stigma down, and someone was like, I forget. I'm sorry, because I'm going to blank out who it was. But they were like, do you know Emily? And then, like, tagged her in the chat. And then all of a sudden, here comes Emily pulling through. And we were like, wait, we had that, like, stepbrother's moment where we were like, did we just become (laughs) best friends, like, over our mental health? Um, And so it was just awesome. And from there, I had the opportunity to go on one of her YouTube series, which was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it was. I mean, I just love meeting people that help you know, either are to a point where they're comfortable talking about some of their mental health, where it does break down that Mm -hmm. barrier, that stigma to start having conversations with people. Mm -hmm. So I know that you have taken a little bit of a step back from implementing that on your platforms because um, you just want to, you know, make sure that you're doing everything, you know, in a good way for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you, I know this is like putting you on the spot totally, but do you do you plan on like maybe ever incorporating that back in or doing something or maybe doing an offshoot? Um, you know, I don't I have not thought about it. I probably won't. Um, if I do, it, it would be a completely separate channel that would be based on mental health alone or something of that nature, you know. Like I have so many passions. That's the thing, you know, like I <laughs> I've debated making a different channel, but I feel like people, like, especially the people who come to my channel, a lot of them are just looking for reselling content and that's fine. You know? So like I was just reading my audience and I feel they, they really like got a lot out of it when it was going on. And then it just sort of like came to a natural close and I was happy with that. Like, I'm like, okay, like they don't need this anymore. It was like right at the peak of COVID when that was happening. A lot of people were having a hard time, lots of stress. So we talked a lot about that. We talked a lot about all different kinds of topics. Um, But like, I think too, uh, it was good for me, honestly. Like it was like one of those things that like I was dealing with a lot of stuff and um, I wanted to let people in on my process because like you said, like, it's something that we need to open the door of conversation more often about. It's like, it's very important, you know, and people don't see it that way. People don't think about it or they just, especially when it comes to emotions, it's a lot of emotion squelching and, you know, let's not go there and stuff. Well, it's very important to go there. (laughs) It's very important. So like I decided, Hey, I'm going to let people in on my process. If they like it, cool. If they don't cool. And I became like the mental health person. Like whenever people like that's Emily Conway, she's big on mental health. You know, like that's like the one thing people thought of me. So like, uh, I'm very proud of it. And it's something that I needed and I feel like other people needed as well. So it kind of like, uh, it just clicked for a while. And then I started growing and, and like healing and, and learning more about myself um, and releasing it, I guess. It was a nice way for me to release it. So I do have my mental health series on my YouTube. If anybody wants to check out the playlist, I talk about all types of topics like people pleasing. You know, there was uh, one on narcissism and my experience with narcissistic ab- abuse, you know, and like there's a lot of different topics. Um, so check out my playlist if you want to. Um, that'll be there for good. But yeah, I as I ch- grew and uh, healed, I f- just noticed it was coming to a natural close. 
Yeah, I and I want to say that too because I know that um, when me and Emily we we have this general thing, right? But we totally have different life experiences, just mm -hmm. like me and Kaya have different life experiences, and Kaya and Emily have different life, and you know everybody has different life experiences. But I think just um, maybe not even like just the content, but knowing that there's somebody in the community that opens a safe space of communication but also education for mm -hmm. maybe people that don't you know um don't struggle with a mental illness or are just starting to start that process which i i think we can both say is like pretty frightening at first mm -hmm. um and so it, it, it just creates this nice safe space for people to feel like okay I can go to this person and there's not going to be a judgment of what I'm dealing with, even though we might not relate, or I can go to this person and have a conversation like, Hey, I don't know anything about narcissism or I don't know how to identify that. Like, can you help educate me or send me resources that you think would be valuable with that? So I think that's a really great thing. Yeah. Um, but I, but I also want to say too, because I think when you touched on the fact that it, you had to take a step back for yourself. Mm -hmm. I know that's one thing that um, I like kind of struggle with is like, I want to be as open as possible with my process and defeat the stigma and have conversations. But I also struggle like, creating that boundary of where does the, the public and the personal go? Like my mom says that all the time, this in podcast, she's like, Oh, you're so open. You got to be careful. You got, and I'm like, yeah, but, and now I'm like, there is some sort of, sacred private door on some of it that I do have to close like to the mm -hmm. public. Mm -hmm. um, so totally, totally get that. So let's, let's talk about that for a moment. Right. Cause I want to, I want to obviously, you know, talk into like what kind of brought you into that, but I also want to pull out when you are someone in the public figure and you, uh, or a public figure or a mental health advocate, or you're known, like you said, as the mental health person, especially mm -hmm. in 2020 when everybody in the world was dealing with trauma. How do you kind of take those steps to take care of yourself? You are still working your process um, and finding that balance because that's something I'm interested in just picking your brain if you have any tips for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I totally understand that. Like, honestly, sometimes I feel like I have that down and other times I feel like I don't at all. And so uh, <laughs> it's really assessing the situation. And a big thing for me is noticing what your body is doing, what your body is telling you. If you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you're really triggered or have a lot of like uh, um, just mental health problems going on, you have to stop and, and like really notice what your body is doing in the moment in order to gauge what you need. Um, because there's a certain point where your mental health kind of takes over and you're like, all right, I need to attend to this, whether I like it or not, I cannot move forward, you know? <laughs> and so, I mean, there's that. <laughs> so like, I can't, I can't do stuff when I'm like super in freeze mode. Cause, um, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit later, but there's fight, flight and freeze. I definitely go into freeze mode when I'm having trauma stuff going on. So like, I just want to lay, I don't want to do anything. And I, I, it's like this, this survival mode, you know? So when I'm in those modes, I have to just 
honestly, it's just watching a lot of shows, just like taking it easy, not doing anything. Uh, I go to my little safe spaces, like my bedroom is a really nice safe space for me. Um, or like taking a bath, shower, whatever, just like trying to calm down my nervous system because, um, with what I have, it's, there's a lot of nervous system problems going on. And so I have to like, I have to take care of it, whether I like it or not. You know what I mean? Um, lately I've been doing so much better. Like I've made such big strides that I have not had to do that in a big significant way in a, in a while. So, um, I'm very proud of that and it took a lot of work, but here I am. Um, but yeah, one thing I tell people a lot, I feel like every time I say it, people are like, oh, wow. So here we go. <laughs> um, it's called HALT. It's an acronym. Okay. It's fancy. It's H-A-L-T. So if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, that can increase your mental health issues. So whatever you have, whether that be PTSD, addiction, whatever you have um, going on, anxiety, it, those things heighten it. So hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And what you need to do is you need to halt. You need to stop, take a rest and take a break. So I'm sorry. I just love this. My mind is blown. I've never heard this. Kaya, have you ever heard this? I'm having that moment. You said it was going to happen, but no, I never heard it. And I love it. Cause I love an acronym. It'll yeah. help me remember a lot. I'm like, my that, mind it's so, like, it's so true. My like mind hungry, is like that yeah. like, like, my mind is like, yeah, lonely, yeah. Tells like, oh my God, how did you know how to spell halt in these ways? <laughs> <laughs> these really words, helps. how and did? You have, to, you have to say, okay, I'm tired. So you recognize what's going on. For me, it's mostly being tired. I feel like mostly is what I deal with. So I'm super tired and then I get super just frustrated and triggery. Like for me, if I hear like a noise, like I have a very uh, sensitive startle response. If I'm, I'm really tired, it really heightens that. So you just got to rest on those times when you're super tired or lonely. You have to connect with other people. That's huge, huge for mental health growth and mental health, like maintenance. My friend just called me last night and she's like freaking that she has very high anxiety. So like she was, I had to talk, she called me, she doesn't call people usually. So she, she reached out. She actually did what she need, you know, cause I think another thing is like, we need to realize that we deserve the support and we we're not burdening anybody with our, problems, especially if they're a good friend who has empathy, you know, your safe friends. Um, so like a big, big one for me was just realizing that I'm worth being supported, you know, and I'm worth uh, getting that support. So like reaching out and not just like giving, 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 but like, hey, let's have a give and a take relationship. You, you know, like I'm a giver, you know what I mean? So like uh, I would just always help, 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 help but it's like, okay, I need help and I need, I deserve that help. So it was like a lot of, uh, inner changes with, with my, my self-worth. I had to really build that up for myself and say, I'm worth getting help, you know? So my, I was proud of my friend for doing that, but yeah, definitely if you're lonely, it's a big trigger for people. You know, you're isolated, especially nowadays. I mean, we're getting better. We're, we're coming out of this thankfully, but like, yeah, it's it's been rough on a lot of people's mental health, I think, just being isolated, you know. Um, and reselling is a very lonely job a lot of times. Like you're not you're not in a work environment, you're kind of on your own unless you're online doing doing that portion of it as well. So, um yeah, that acronym really helps me and I want to pass that along to anybody who might need it. 
I think that's amazing. Um, and I, I feel that too. I, there's, you are like a, literally a plethora of so much help. <laughs> um, because I think there's always, right. I'm so glad your friend reached out. I, and mm-hmm. I, there are moments where I know you have told me, like, if I'm struggling, uh, we have, you know, we have a relationship where I can be yeah. upfront with stuff, even though we, we struggle with different issues. Um, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say issues, but we just have different paths. But you've told me that too. Like you deserve to take care of yourself. You deserve support. Mm-hmm. I know we touched on that when we were in your YouTube too. It's like, um, but it's also interesting too, because I'm going to bring up this point. I had like talked about on my Instagram stories. Um, one thing that I never like incorporated into my own process um, in regards to mental health or really looked into uh until like kind of of recent like in 2021 it's just like people's attachments um Mm -hmm. and so like how people uh work within relationships whether it's like your partner your you know husband wife or you know friendships your relationships with your family um because i had this moment where i was like oh my god like i'm very much like uh like I know that I'm going to say this wrong. Like I'm a close attacher mm-hmm. and like, I think that's don't call me on this, but like an anxious attacher. Yeah. And then you have a different style, which is like, you kind of pull back. I mean, you kind of, you pull back, but mm-hmm. it's both sides are doing it in a way to create a safe space for them. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, I'm very attached to the people in my life. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm very much like, I didn't even realize it to this um, until I was like, if if something happens with anyone, my first thought in my brain is like, I did something. Mm. And I don't know what I did, no. but I did something. Or I, I totally fucked up that. and said the wrong thing. Yes. And then I like freak out about it. Yeah. And I'm like freaking out. And I like, li- it, it, and like, I literally don't, it's like my body is literally mm-hmm. like tensed up, freaking out because I'm very much like used to closeness in a relationship. Right. Like I'm like, I think Kai will tell you this, like Kaya knows everything that happens to me in a day. Like she knows, like, like she can even tell when something's like wrong. She mm-hmm. knows my responses to it. Like, and I want to fix everybody like all the time. Like that's just yeah. a part of it too. I'm so similar. <laughs> but I was like running around. I like when situations like that happen, I run around. I literally had no idea about attachments at mm-hmm. all. Like at all. Yeah. And so Marty was like, um, babe, that's anxiety. And I was like, wait, what? Like I didn't even know that was anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, he was like, wait, so you feel like, you know, if something like, it, like, that's why you go like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I apologize all the time. Or mm-hmm. like, for me, it's like, so I've been in this process of learning from the other side, what I can do, because everyone is so different. And also just having this perspective where like relationships, like healthy relationships are closeness, but also space at the same mm-hmm. time. Yes. And you have to make it like a 50-50 and understand that like it's not something maybe I did but the same way that I'm like did I do something to create a safe space for me the -hmm. other person is you know kind of creating a safe space for them by it you know it can deal with I know like trauma and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um 
but it's just like a very interesting concept that I've just started learning about. And it like mm -hmm. literally makes more sense in my brain okay. now why I act the way I do. Um, and obviously like use reliable sources too. Like, you know, there's a lot of, and, and like, thank God for social media. Sometimes. Like you have to really look through the, uh, like not rose colored glasses. Like you have to make sure you're looking at it, but the amount of information, like, you know, me and Marty's attachments are very different. So being in a relationship sometimes can be like, I'm like, let me tell you all my feelings that I can get out of my body. And he's like, yeah. feelings? That's good, though. Gross. I think that's good. Let's not talk about them. But then I'm like anxious because I'm like, let me help you. But then he's like, yeah. if I tell you this, like I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so you have to kind of find that place. But I think the first step in that is just like, being educated. So I've gone to sources that are like, how do you have a, a healthy relationship? You know, because also at the end of the day, just because I have anxiety, I don't want to like gaslight somebody or I don't want them to feel like your problem doesn't matter. This is affecting me. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you know, when it has to be an ebb and a flow. Mm -hmm. um, it's just very interesting to like, when you said that and like that, like the halt. Mm -hmm. I'm taking that as a person with anxious attachment to be like, if I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, and my response is like, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. Maybe I go take a nap. Yeah. Maybe I go have a nice meal. Like, mm -hmm. and then I can process like it's it's not all it's it's not me or like, you know, I just have to respect like what someone else want like needs at that mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. So I think that anagram is like, also when you said flight, flight or freeze, I'm like, okay, now like, am I like a flight, fright? Like what, what am I? Like my yeah. brain is literally, I feel like that meme where I'm just like, I feel like ladybug sometimes. Like I'm just like, what is going on? So it's so great to have conversations with that because I'm like, now it makes sense. Like, yes, that's a tool for something that I'm just starting a process on to mm -hmm. you so i'm so and I, I feel like a lot of listeners are gonna like that that was a big tangent i'm sorry but <laughs> you're fine you're fine so i definitely understand that anxious attachment struggle because i have the same one and i feel like well they're just gonna leave me that's that's how i feel you know they're just gonna they're gonna go and i, I it's my problem it's my fault you know what i mean and it's it's tough like it's so it's so like automatic you don't even think about it like it just there it is. It's just as soon as like they're quiet about something or like, you know, they they're not super engaged with you in the moment. Like you're like, oh, my gosh, it's like, kind of a mind fuck, too, because yeah. then you're like, OK, I want to like, uh, is it something I did? But then you're like, if I ask that person, am yeah. I making the problem about me? Right. And so you have to really walk that line for yourself. Like, because it depends on the person too. Like if it's kind of like, what is going on in your brain? <laughs> like, sis, I don't no, <laughs> I get it. I get, I just, I'm not like that, but I yeah. get the, the view of mm -hmm. it. Like I'm sometimes I feel like I don't engage and I don't want people to feel like it's not, I'm interested. It's just, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, that's that's why I'm learning about it because everyone is so different. Like yeah. when you have a traumatic thing, some people are just like, mm -hmm. 
oh my god let me fix it let me help it which is me i don't know if yeah. you can tell this about me by now but i'm no, like oh my I, god, never, let's I never noticed it <laughs> <laughs> like let me let me tell like what can i do like what can i do what can i do and then some people are like i just need some space and i just need to work it through and i need to process it and like that's okay too it's like kind of when you have an argument like okay when me and marty have an argument it's like i'm like Let's go. I'd rather scream at each other and then us come to a conclusion that, like, you know, it's fixed. But he's like, I need to take time. I need to go for a walk. I need to, like, play some video games. I need to process it so that I can bring it to the table and communicate exactly what is going on. <clears throat> yeah. But it's like, it's like, isn't that crazy? Like, it's just both sides deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, both sides deal with the stigma, right? Because if you're, like, super anxious attachment like me, like, I'm super needy. I ask a lot of the relationship. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, I need a relationship. Like, I need someone all the time. But then also, like, people that are built different. I, I'm, I feel like I need to Google what the correct term is. But then they're like, oh, well, I'm not giving to the relationship. Like mm -hmm. I'm yeah. pulling at, like they get put as like, they don't care. Like the no fucks given, like I'm pulling yeah. back, like, you yeah. know, but everyone, it's the same way with like languages of love. Some people mm -hmm. value space as a language of love. Yeah. Some people value gifts as a language of love or just like, you know, so it's, our brains are so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot. And I think that, I mean, really you don't know someone's internal mechanisms like so it's really really important that you communicate with the people around you like especially those really close in your life to like say like i've definitely told my husband before like are you gonna leave me it sounds so stupid when you say it out loud and he's like i'm not leaving you you know it's like but i have to have that like I, so sometimes i'll just say it and i'm like you were quiet about this thing like are you gonna go you know and he, he'll have to like just tell me like no i'm not like and so it's okay to like admit that i mean as long as the other person's supportive because that's very important you know and obviously not maybe not all the time but like just every once in a while get that reassurance for yourself too you know and that communication can be so good and i feel like if you open up about that uh that response that you have then they will be feel more comfortable to open up as well and then that just creates a better connection and relationship you know yeah and i think everyone is always like trying to process stuff mm -hmm. you know like i y'all know i have enough already mental illnesses and issues to deal with and then throw on top like now i'm like just completely trying to learn about how my brain is wired yeah and so that's like a whole nother level to it. That's why I say like there's levels to it and people are always, um, always learning or like have something. So that's why I think it's important to have, you know, conversations about mental health because you never really know what's going behind a closed door or mm -hmm. how that can like help someone even five years down the road. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. I was just like, this is insane. <laughs> My brain literally felt like I was in the, like the biggest rabbit hole of my life. I was yeah. just like, oh, what is, oh, okay. So now this makes sense. Yeah. But I think it's too, because people, so let's, I mean, one thing I like to, to pick people's brains at is like what people view as like, say for example, okay, anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I feel like people have certain ideas of what anxiety looks like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or mental, mental illnesses or people that are like, oh, you know, if I say, if I'm transparent with someone and say, yeah, I have an eating disorder, they're just going to think that I like don't eat like, or they just think it looks one way when it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like, how do you kind of, how do you have a, like, how do you have a conversation or how do you like maybe both y'all from like your own personal perspective, like how do you talk with someone about that? How your like own mental health is completely, you know, it's not a picture and picture kind of thing. Like, how do you communicate that? Like, Hmm. That's a good question. So how do I communicate my mental health struggles with somebody else you're asking? Yeah. Like, so maybe someone who, for example, anxiety, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you were to say I have anxiety and they're like, well, you know, you you should just do this, this, and this. And then also like, you know, if you just don't do this, but like, Mm -hmm. how do you communicate to someone obviously in a safe, like I'm saying this Mm -hmm. in a safe space, like with someone Mm -hmm. you feel comfortable with, like how do you communicate that in a way that maybe you can like come to a view? I I feel like that's a big question. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, when I'm struggling in, in the way that I do, I definitely will just, sort of give them the symptoms of what I'm dealing with. Like my, like I'll even tell my son, like, cause he'll just jump and scare me. But like when I'm, I have very like sensitive startle responses when I'm really in, in PTSD mode. And so I say, Hey, you know, mommy's really jumpy right now. Like, you know, try not to jump out at me, you know? And so he'll try to be more careful, you know? And so it just depends on the situation and who you're talking to. But I try to be open about it with everybody that I can be, um, people who will allow it, you know, obviously keep your boundaries around people who don't even see mental health as a thing. Cause like, there's definitely a big p- a group of people who just like, it's made up. You're just making stuff up, but it's, it's real, you know, <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like your gas oil hat on. It's like not even a thing, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, first of all, don't talk to those people when you are struggling. Okay. So find people who will be receptive to what you're going to say um, and basically set boundaries around people that are not, not understanding, but then when they are, um, definitely just tell them, tell them what you're going through, tell them about whatever symptoms you're having and, uh, what, what you need. I think that's a big thing too, because a lot of people, like when you tell them your struggles, like they want to like fix it for you or they want to like solve the problem. Yeah. So I'm like, it's hi, like, hello raising my hand in the chat. I think, I think a big thing when you're talking to somebody is just to say, this is what I need. I just need you to not make a lot of sudden movements around me right now. I just need to rest and and have some space. This is what I need. Um, I need you to just hold me or just listen. Like if it's somebody you love, like, um, just having, having a hug or, or something like that. Like, focus more on your own needs because people will try and like, well, you just gotta do this and you just gotta do that, you know? And so like a big thing is just, I just need you to listen. I just need you to hear me out. I don't need, I don't need an answer. I just need you to listen. So give the person what you tell them specifically what you need from them or else they're going to, they're going to start giving you 
all the all the things you need to do and then you're gonna feel not supported and not and just like given a grocery list when you really just need a hug you know and that kind of thing so yeah advocate for yourself and your relationships and tell people exactly what you need I love that too I've been I think did I mention this in the podcast before where it's like I'll just be like sometimes in the house when I know that I I've been also practicing just saying those things out loud Mm -hmm. like so if I wake up and I want to use that day I know if I don't say it to somebody that I trust or I care about, it's going to sit in my brain. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll like have a conversation with someone and just be very blunt. Like, Oh, I want to use today. I can't even tell you why mm-hmm. or what triggered it. I just want to use today. And so I think yeah. doing that and being like, like, I love that advocate, you know, cause I think people think they have to advocate for everyone else, but mm-hmm. advocate for yourself yeah. So communicate that. And then I've just been like, I'm very much uh, a person that needs like, again, I'm on this, like finding out what I, my brain again mm-hmm. at 32 y'all like, yeah, that I remember my well. age, but that's an accomplishment, but, <laughs> but I'm very much realizing that I'm, a, I'm a person that like my language of love is to spend time with people to it's not even like material or monetary it's just like being around or having that time like time time is my love language like whether it's just having a conversation going to coffee you know responding to a text but I've been really good at like noticing that and I'll just ask Marty like I'll be like can I have a hug Mm -hmm. and you you really don't realize until you start doing that more often Mm -hmm. like how can I get like that get more into a spiral in my brain because he doesn't know to hug me mm-hmm. and I'm not communicating yeah. it. Exactly. And it makes me feel a million times better because sometimes I'm just in my head alone mm-hmm. and then I'm like, can I have a hug? And it's like, just that, I don't know if it's like the physical, like just the safeness of wow. a hug for me. It but- helps. It really helps. It helps calm the nervous system down. It gets the endorphins going, the good, the good chemicals in your brain instead of the cortisol and the stress chemicals that happen when you are triggered or going through anxiety, you know, and that kind of thing. It just calms you down. It's like a ask for hugs more often. Kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> you're you're a kid or something, you know. It's like it's like the most innate thing that you need. It's it's very basic and in uh yeah it helps a lot (laughs) but I think I mean I just love that advocate for yourself so what I might need a hug for you might replace that with I need space Mm -hmm. and that is okay Mm -hmm. I mean I I get like too like sometimes that's just the natural response right Mm -hmm. but I think too like when you like really like when you care about someone and you're both like wired differently and you just like, okay, I need this and I need this. And then you go, okay, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to give you this. Mm -hmm. And then it's so much easier (laughs) because you're like, I know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's just how you grow in all of your relationships. Like you can't just make assumptions, right? What they say making assumptions makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah. It's very true. And yeah. you can't assume what people need 
mental health wise. Like, I think mm -hmm. that's a very like people that say, Oh, just do this, this, this. And then it's that. No, yeah. like you said, the grocery list doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Or if they're, if you, if someone comes to you, just ask, what do you need from me right now? How can I help you? And then let them give you what they need. You know, and sometimes people don't even know how to vocalize it until you kind of ask them and then they'll like, well, hmm, I need this, you know, and then then it helps them as well. So like if somebody comes to you with problems, like say, how can I help you? I yeah. love that. Instead yeah. of being like, well, let me tell you about this experience yeah. I have in my <laughs> life. It's like, OK, but that's that's your life and this is my life and I need this. And I think sometimes right. it's also OK to say, I don't know what I need. Mm-hmm. And or, sometimes like, I'll just call my friend and just be going off about something. And she's like, oh, my God. what?" And she's like, doesn't even know what to say. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, it doesn't even matter what she says. I just need to be heard. So I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, do this. I don't know. And I'm like, it's fine. I don't even care what she's saying. I'm like, I just need to talk. I need to get this out. And I, I know she's going to give me some advice or something, but like, I just need to get it out. And like, that's fine. You know? <laughs> I love that. Like, I feel yeah. like every time I text, if I text like, like two of my favorite cousins, only with the text girl, but it's dragged out like girl, they know to call me and just listen. Yeah. Because they know like, okay, like she needs to vent and then it'll just be a vent and it'll just be like, huh, what are you doing <laughs> after like, how's your day? <laughs> like I needed to get yeah. off my chest. <laughs> Exactly. And sometimes that's just all you need. And your friend, whoever it is, like they could say what they don't even need to say anything or do anything. And you that's just what you need. And other times what they say and do is very important in the moment. So it really depends on what what your <laughs> what your needs are at that moment. So I think that's great, too, because the reselling I mean, we're all resellers and the reselling community is fantastic. Right. It's a community. There's a lot of love and acceptance and it's a great place to be well sometimes i mean like any community ups and downs right yeah. but you know i think that's really important because now that here i am with my my thinking cap again on for this podcast but to say like you know i feel like the immediate response is when someone's like oh this isn't uh, this isn't happening for me. Or like, just take, for example, sales, like mm -hmm. sa these sales are not, uh, happening for me. Um, and then someone's like, well, are you sharing? Well, are you listing mm -hmm. enough? Well, are you, but when you really pull back that curtain, that person might be saying, I'm feeling really discouraged. Yeah. Or I'm feeling like a failure. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like, you know, there's something deeper to that. So instead of being like, well, here's ways that you can increase your sales, maybe being like, again, what do you need? And maybe that person will go, if they feel safe with you, maybe they'll tell you, I'm feeling like I'm failing or I'm feeling mm -hmm. like I'm not good enough at this job. Right. Um, Cause there's con oodles and I must say caboodles. If you guys remember caboodles from the nineties, um, but there's almost, there's like oodles of information like on how to bump your sales. Right. But it's yeah. a lot of times the conversations I've had with people that feel like I'm not making sales or whatever, it's really coming from a place of like, I feel like I'm not good enough, or I feel mm -hmm. like I'm feeling small in mm -hmm. the moment. 
And so it's almost like, okay, what do you need for that? And not like, yeah. what do you need shares on? Po- like, no, I don't need your shares on Poshmark. Mm-hmm. I need you to like, remind me why I'm doing what I do mm-hmm. or like, you know, hyping me up, you mm-hmm. know, or just reminding me like what I'm doing is for a yeah. better purpose. Yeah. And it's really vulnerable to share your needs with somebody. Cause like, Sometimes it's just like, I'm feeling jealous, you know, or I'm feeling like that. And it's kind of like, it's, it's vulnerable and it's kind of difficult to do. You know, it's like, I just need you to tell me good things about me. You know, it's kind of just like, yeah, I just need a compliment. Sometimes (laughs) I feel like I have to like, I'll have to like do that because sometimes if I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm not doing well enough. Like, Maybe instead of being like that, I'd just be like, I need you to tell me why I do what I do, why yeah. I, why you like our friendship or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if I don't say that, then I can't mm-hmm. expect that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it is vulnerable because there are levels to it. Like, right? Like, I want to be like, oh, I feel this way, but I don't want to feel like I'm talking shit on somebody else Mm -hmm. or i'm making them feel small to make myself feel bigger but i think you have to disregard that and just say like everybody's feelings are valid Mm -hmm. nobody's feelings outshrump anybody else it is an equal playing field y'all feelings are they're all normal you know like jealousy insecurity then they all come from somewhere and i there's, there's the thing where you can reach out to somebody and have them help you. But also, I think one of the biggest things is to help yourself a little bit. Because, like, if you're struggling and, and feeling like, uh, you know, your numbers are not good enough, um, you aren't where you want to be in your business, you you could tend to feel jealous about somebody else's numbers or something. And then you're, you, you sort of, like, analyze it, you know? It's sort of like stepping back from your own, like internal bodily reaction to things and be like, well, why am I feeling this way? What am I insecure about in my own business? Where do I need to improve in order to make number those sales myself? And so like you get to the, there's the feeling and that feeling is communicating something to you. It's communicating like there's something in my business that I'm not really pushing enough that I need to be doing, you know? And so you sort of analyze it and, uh, get to the bottom of where it's coming from or you're feeling angry or you're feeling like, and you, you ask yourself where that comes from. And that's helped me so many times when I'm just like, why do I feel this way? You know? And it's really helped me like realize my own internal biases, my own, uh, uh, childhood wounds. Like I've had to like, just asking that one question, whenever you're feeling anything, why am I so this? And then where does it come from? Because it comes from somewhere a lot of times because, oh gosh, what was it? The the one time I said, uh, I feel like people are mad at me, right? I feel like people are going to get mad at me if I say something wrong. Why do I feel that way? Well, it goes back to being a child and feeling like your parent was going to get mad at you if you did something. And so like you have to, you go back to like where that comes from and it affects you today. And so Basically, whenever you're feeling something weird, something like that's odd. Why do I feel like this, this sudden fear that people are going to be mad at me? And you sort of just go back to where that came from. And oh, that came from here. And then it's like, oh, wow, that makes way more sense why I feel that way now. And it's sort of like 
frees you up to deal with that way easier next time. Like I have this thing, it's from childhood. I need to take care of my inner child, you know, my child who still feels scared that people are going to be mad, you know, because there's a little kid in there that you have to like attend to. And they have like their very little kiddish ways of being, you know, and it just kind of comes out sometimes. So you have to like nurture that kid and tell yourself like, no one's going to be mad at you. And so what if they are mad at you? Well, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like they're going to get mad at you and the world's not going to crumble. You have to like talk to that child inside of you and tell yourself like, Hey, you know, like they might be mad at you and that's okay. Like they, they can be mad. It's not a, a bad thing if someone's mad, you know, like it, it means that you have your own th way that you do it and they don't like it. And that's okay. Like, you're fine. You're self-possessed. You're doing great. You know, you kind of like parent yourself after a while once you find those childhood wounds where they come from. So like, yeah, it's a lot of work, a lot of inner work, like mental health work is a lot of internalized, like digging, you know, you dig deep to the core of where stuff comes from. I don't think I found the core of my mental health earth. If anyone can know. <laughs> I'm still digging. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of times it's like a tangled web. Like there's like five different sources. Like there's tons of different sources of where stuff comes from. Like, for example, when I, I was, I did college, you know, I went to, to college for education. I did my student teaching and I like, you're, you're in the New York area. So I was, it was up in Oswego. Right. And so like, I was over in that area, like a month ago or something. And like, I was surprised that I felt anxiety around like where I used to live because I would always come back from student teaching because I would drive like 40 minutes from Syracuse to Oswego to like, and it was just like the most stressful time in my life. And I'm like, oh man, I still feel anxious around this area. This is something I have to deal with. I have to like deal with this thing that I went through because student teaching was super stressful. It was probably one of the most stressful times I've ever had, you know, and it's like that still sticks with you. You don't realize stuff sticks with you until you're like in that area and you get reminded of all that, those like emotional flashbacks that you get, you know? And so stuff can be low key kind of traumatizing, you know what I mean? And we don't realize, Hey, that might've been a little bit of trauma, you know, like, cause it, I think people think of trauma as like, Oh my gosh, like you were in war and like the thing people think of that only, but like, there's a lot of childhood traumas, like neglect, you know, if you were neglected as a child, that's a huge wound. Like there's so many different avenues of trauma that people just it's more nuanced than that and people don't get that um that hey that was actually a traumatic moment for me you know these things were traumatic and you have to deal with all of those and it's work <laughs> and i'm it's like great because yeah. when people are like well that's not trauma i'm like yeah but everyone has a different life Right. <laughs> some, so, people, some people will experience something and they're like, well, that was no big deal for me. And other people will walk away with PTSD from that experience, you know. So it really just depends on the person and, and how your brain responds to a certain event. You know, trauma is your your body's natural way of dealing with an unnatural occurrence. So something unnatural happens in your life. Your body deals with it by having trauma because it's not <laughs> normal you know it's abnormal can so. you also since you just kind of gave a definition of trauma because i know there's some people that may not really understand the context of what a trigger is mm -hmm. or they've just heard it or they don't know that can you just kind of give a 
quick synopsis of what that would be like a trigger for somebody. Mm -hmm. So um, anything that brings back a memory from trauma. Um, so that could be a certain smell, kind of like how we listen to music and it, like it could be positive triggers, you know, like, oh man, this song reminds me when I was young, you know, or whatever, like that's a good, that's a trigger, but it's like a happy one. It, it has good memories attached to it. Right. Well, you can also have negative ones where um, someone's face, a certain person reminds you of a, a maybe a, an abusive person in your past, you know, and like just a certain type of person, a certain like look, someone gives a certain smell reminds you of a trauma. Like, so it can be a trigger can be anything like anything, like a certain area. That's really big. I think for people, like if you had a really difficult time in a certain area, you'll be driving through there and you'll get those like yuck feelings, you know, from when you were doing that thing. And that's a trigger that, so anything that like sets off that memory of the past that was difficult for you. And when you develop PTSD, that's all out of whack. Like anything, everything is a trigger when you have PTSD, like, especially when you start, when you, when you have it for the very first time, because it takes a lot, long time to come back from a lot of stuff, like a certain everything a certain smell, a certain look, like going to the grocery store, like for me, everything felt unsafe because your body doesn't even know how to tell what's safe or what's not. And so it gets all jumbled up. And so you have to like start unpack, like coming back from that trauma and it takes time. Like I'm, I'm doing way, way better than I was when I developed PTSD because I developed PTSD uh, like three years ago now. And I mean, I couldn't go outside. Like I couldn't go to the grocery store. Like people were felt unsafe to me. Everything felt unsafe to me. And so that's what PTSD is. It's when the, the triggers get so, it just, everything's a trigger, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to explain it, but like, then you start to heal there. It feels so slow because like, like I said earlier, your fight, flight and freeze. Like you feel like, especially when you have PTSD, you feel like you want to fight something. You want to punch something. You feel like you want to run away and never come back and just be alone and isolate yourself. You feel like you just want to shut down. Like I remember laying in my bed for weeks, you know, just like not, not eating, not moving. Like in the very, very beginning, like it was your, everything was like fight, flight, or freeze survival mode. And then you start to slowly come out of that. And it feels, especially in the beginning, like one day with PTSD, like when you first start, it feels like a year, like one day. Cause like, imagine like being just in pain all the time, like this, this inner pain and like everything is dangerous. Like, so then it heightens your sense of awareness to the point where you time feels like it slows down. So like one day feels so long when you first start out. And then as you, as you slowly get better, it's so it can be so slow, but like, then you'll look back and be like, wow, I forgot that that day felt like a year, you know? And then you, you, as you get better, you, you just, you come back, you know, and you realize, you realize where those traumas come from. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, but basically a trigger is something that reminds you of trauma. And then PTSD specifically is when everything in that moment, like literally that traumatic moment, everything 
about that moment was traumatizing for you. So like, if it was a person, like people will feel <laughs> like a trigger, you know, for a while, like just people in general, because your your mind is like so heightened that it does, it can't differentiate between what's dangerous and what's not. So it's wild. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And to me, so I don't struggle with P- PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the way I kind of look at it is that everything feels unsafe or a big jumble. Yeah. Because you're not really sure, like, where's safe, what to do, how, like, you know, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you know, it just feels like big jumble. Yeah. Um, Fine. <laughs> I did put, like, I am, I am, I, there is a trigger warning on this because mm-hmm. I wanted you to talk about the triggers too. Because one argument I hear all the time is, well, anything you say is going to insult somebody. Yeah. And it's like, right. But if I just let people know, like, mm-hmm. hey, like, I'm not asking people to, to change their their entire life but like if i can just let them know so that they can know what they're getting into it's Mm -hmm. not so much i feel like i'm walking on eggshells i feel like i'm walking in consideration of other human beings so exactly so just being considerate you know be vocal talk about you know things that matter to you but be it's again i think that's here I go with my quotes for the merch. You ready, Kai? Here's another one on the hat. Don't walk on eggshells. Walk in consideration. <laughs> I swear, exactly. every episode is like, like a quote. I like that. Because it's not, you don't have to be afraid that you're going to, just like we say with allyship, like, you don't have to be afraid because you're going to say stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I, I, the, I'm going to say stupid things. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to say something that probably someone's going to get want to cancel me for. But if I don't ask the questions and I don't do the, if I don't fail to then get better at things, mm-hmm. what that's not me getting better. Mm-hmm. So if I don't ask a stupid fucking question, <laughs> as I've said in the podcast, right? What, Kyle, what was my quote I came through? Ask stupid questions. Oh my god, it's it's literally a podcast title too. Ask dumb questions, get smart, get smart answers, answers, make big moves. That's yeah, what it was. That's what it was. Oh, I like that a lot. It applies to so much. It applies to your business, but also it applies like educating yourself about other people's struggles. So mm-hmm. when people say like, "Well, you know." Or like you're such a you you try to be PC all the time, or I don't know if people yeah. call me a snowflake or whatever it is, but yeah, you know <laughs> I hear that all the time. I'm always very vocal about things, uh, like and I hear snowflake all the time. But it's actually <laughs> maybe you're just uneducated. What is like, a snowflake? Maybe that. Wait, it's you like, never heard that? No. <laughs> basically, it's it's someone's way of saying like you. Uh, you know, you are so sensitive now. Like wh- the, the narrative is that culture has become so sensitive to everybody's feelings now. Like it's, it's so PC and you guys are a bunch of snowflakes. Like you guys can't handle You're super delicate. Yeah. Like jokes oh, wow. that are actually super offensive and, you know, plan people's traumas and stuff like that. You know, like I've never heard that. Kaya, people will pull all the time. If people are like, 
you know, that joke was really racist mm -hmm. or that was a microaggression. And people yeah. be like, okay, Snowflake, so we can't make jokes anymore. It's um, like it usually no. comes, yeah, it usually comes from people who have more privilege and power who can like talk. It's always like shooting down at people who who they don't have those experiences, you know, and they will say things that like kind of keep that person in trauma or keep that person down. Like it's always like the people who have the least amount of problems in society who claim to do those, you know, to, to I don't care. Things. I think snow is nice. Yeah. I will be a snowflake. If that means <laughs> I don't feel like I'm on edge. Like I, I want to, I, I just care. I'm a, I mm -hmm. care about other human exactly. beings. Like even you if I don't human empathy, right. Even if I don't agree with you, I still don't wish you to like the ill on you i still care about you as a human being because most of the time when those people pull those things out to me i'm like you got some skeletons in your closet boo mm -hmm. i don't know where they are you don't even know where they are but they're there and like mm -hmm. when people are like oh you know like so when people go solo and people hurt so many people or drag people or they're just to me my mindset is there's something bigger that you're not addressing. And then maybe it also is because you feel like you don't deserve to address this. Yeah. Even my worst enemies, I've said this, even psycho psychopaths deserve mental health counseling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. We demonize people. We demonize certain people. We demonize certain things. I mean, some things are more dangerous, you know, mental yeah. health. Yeah. Dangerous. Like if you have something like that, you need, you know, you need to be away from people like there's that's a given. But like, yeah, like everybody deserves support to one extent or another. And yeah, it's like the, the demonization of people, you know, or just generalizing people. I well, can't wait to get comments like, Kaylin, you're such a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Probably. Oh, I'm gonna have so much fun with this this podcast episode title, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's what it is, and I think that's one argument I see a lot of times for people that are coming out of like or maybe like I said, I don't assume that they just hate on mental health. I just assume there's some skeletons in there. They haven't started their process because most of the time that's what it is, right? Yeah. Um, what they say like. When they're, you point one finger, there's three pointing right back at you. Yeah. So it's it's almost like that mentality of like, but I tell people it's just, it's not because I want to like make sure I'm okay with everybody. It's just because I care about other people. And I can imagine if I didn't give a trigger warning, right? Which I yeah. always do if I talk about ED. Yeah. I can't imagine if that was the one thing that set somebody over the edge to either mm -hmm. relapse or do something worse. Yeah, I can't I handle that being mindful of other people and like just being educated on the fact that certain things cause people to act certain ways or have trauma responses or, you know, like it's very important and, and getting educated on what, what people struggle with, you know, and like actually hearing their perspective because honestly, a lot of the times the people saying these things are coming from a place where they aren't willing to see someone else's perspective, you know, especially if they have a lot of the power and, you know, uh, can have those opinions because it's never happened to them. Usually, you know, if it's something really offensive or whatever, or like, I don't know, but yeah.
I think so, you clarified a lot of stuff because I think a lot of times people just don't know what a trigger means mm-hmm. or what trauma means. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, you know how we've said in episodes before, Kai, where people just like use certain terms very loosely. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes people just use it very loosely yep. without knowing like the, like, like I said, I deal with my own stuff, but I also like am so incredibly proud of Emily and the processes that she makes. And even the processes of they're not okay days. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm working through the process. And that to me is like so much better than like, oh, I'm fixed now. Like yeah. that false hope. Like I'm never gonna be fucking fixed. Yeah. I'm gonna be a hot mess <laughs> forever. Kaya, let's go. I'm, I'm never fixed. I don't want like, to be dumpy that keeps falling off the wall. Learn my lesson. <laughs> Do the humpty dance. I don't yeah. want. <laughs> if somebody says they are fixed, that's a red flag. If someone says I have everything together, I have no problems. Just just walk They're away. They're the ones breaking down the most. Exactly. Oh my God. Or <laughs> like, two are like causing the most harm face. to people. Like people who say I have no problems, they're causing, they're probably causing harm to other people in some way or another. Or that is so true. Or it's like, the, um, we have that in like the sobriety addict thing where, you know, the first 30 days we have this term called the pink cloud. Mm-hmm. And so you think like the pink cloud is like, okay, I made it 30 days yeah. sober. Life is amazing. I don't know yeah. why I sound like an old time man, but like, <laughs> but like, it's what we call the pink cloud because yeah. usually it's like, okay, like, yes, I will always be the person there that's like clapping for the person who just came in that's getting a 24 hour chip. Like, that is the most important person in the room. Mm-hmm. But when I talk to someone, they're like, oh, yeah, it's 30 days. It's great. One, three days to that alcohol. We're good. Like everything. And I'm like, uh, listen. Day 31. It's like, lifeline. It's, it's lifetime. Over. It's you day know? 31 or it's day year. I'm almost in year. Uh, oh, my God. I almost forgot my clean day. Almost in year eight. So wow. it's like I have days of year eight. They're harder than days five. Yeah. You know, like. I will never, I will never be fixed. I don't want to be fixed because it's a part of me. It's Mm -hmm. something that I can use in a life experience to get better, help Mm -hmm. other people get better and make the world a better place. And it doesn't mean entirely. Also, I want to state just because you deal with a mental illness, just because you struggle, first of all, like you're worthy, you deserve the support, you deserve help, but that does not entirely define who you are as a person. That right. is one part of the onion, mm-hmm. but we have many parts, layers, right? Like that shit just keeps peeling, right? So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people struggle with that too. You know, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I don't want you to use today. And I'm like, no, I'm just having a bad day. Like mm-hmm. I went to a meeting, I called my sponsor, like just talk to me like a regular human being, please. Like, you know, or like yeah, people giving cool. me like, are you okay today? I'm like, <laughs> can you ask me what I picked up at Goodwill today? Like, yeah. that's all I want to know. Like, I don't want to be the, the sober girl all the time. Yeah, you know? I hear you. I definitely understand. And I think it's too, just people, people who just like, personify you as one thing too they they don't have a, a balanced view of it and they they just think like well that's the girl who talks about p 
PTSD all the time. Like, shush, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sick of it. But like, really, it's like, it's good for me to empower myself. And it's like, let someone deal with something however they want to deal with it and not don't just see them as like a two dimensional character in your mind. Like, that's not the only thing they have going on. And I think when people do that, that's another like, Mm, stay away from that person <laughs> moments we could literally go off on this like this could be like a five-hour podcast at <laughs> one point like um come back for like five parts later with emily <laughs> um but you know i definitely 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 like emily i just love picking your brain i love being able to have a space and i know listeners are really gonna love that they have a space to come in um yeah. I just before and and if you do like I know you can me and Kaisa you can always slide into our DMs appropriately. Um I know Emily is always, you know, be respectful. Um but Emily's a great person to talk to. Don't like don't just come to her again cuz you know, it's like she's the girl that talks about PTSD. No. <laughs> she also makes hysterical YouTube things and like <laughs> you know um i love my tiktoks and her i was tic- just about to i came in like in her tiktoks yeah, <laughs> yeah like her reels are hysterical <laughs> but, um but before we like wrap things up um first of all thank you so much emily i just appreciate you as a human first of all as a human being and what you're doing um and i also appreciate that you can come on and just share that with our listeners um one last question before we wrap stuff up. What do you want dream? Like it doesn't even have to be like a reality at this point. Cause we know we have so much more room to go in the process of things, but what would you really like to see maybe going into 2021 this year uh, in the realm of mental health What uh, and reselling? We'll tie it into mental health and reselling. What is something that you would really like people to, um, incorporate or or do that's a very big question but for some reason this is coming to my mind so i'll just say it i think that people who tend to people please and to give 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 need to start putting themselves first more and i feel like people who take 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 uh, a lot of times they may not acknowledge it but they need to start to give more and to to add more to the relationship and i think i think it's good to recognize that in ourselves like i am a giver and i just i'll give of myself i'll give of my time i'll give of everything like start putting your own needs first i'd like to see people who are that way to start putting their own needs first because that's been a thing for me lately is just like my happiness matters. I feel like that's another thing. I feel I think people need to start prioritizing their own happiness in life. And like, why am I not happy? I want to have happiness, you know? And hey, it's it's in our one of our, you know, it's a part of our country is like the pursuit of happiness, you know? It's like, why am I not happy? Get to the bottom of it and put your happiness as a priority. Oh my God, I love that too. And it- and just like being in a, a, you know, at a stage where everything feels so divisive mm-hmm. and you're either on this side or this side yeah. or, you know, it, it just, it, there is the, like 
I just feel like that. And I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in being like, so-and-so saying this and so-and-so. And it's like, okay, but like, let's also work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, because like you said, the happiness is like, and if you feel something about something, maybe check your own self. Are you doing something that's, you know, not helping the problem? Or are you not working on yourself as well mm -hmm. um, to create a better world? Um, right. So I just love that. And uh, I'm going to definitely... Um, pick Emily for like, and also add some awesome, reliable, validate, like validated uh, professional resources down in the comments down below um, for you guys too, to be able to have, because that please, please make sure that you are getting help, but please make sure you are getting the right help and professional help. Um, mm -hmm. If you are, um, your, your journey is important. Your process is important. And, um, I'm just so glad that we could talk about these things and that Emily can talk with us. Like, thank you so much. I know my mom's like over there, like, <laughs> she's, like All right, she's gonna call me right after this. Aww. She's gonna be like, oh my God, that was such a great episode. I love Emily so much. <laughs> she's, you're her people. You're in upstate New York. So she's like, I love her. She's my people. She's an upstate New York girl. Yes, for sure. Oh my God. <laughs> It's so funny. Um, so uh, I will have we will have also Emily's stuff down below. Make sure you check out her YouTube. Please support her over there. She is putting content, the time, and energy. Follow her um, down below. Thank you, THG, for coming back and hanging out with Caitlin and I on another episode of Flip That John. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode as we dived into our monthly topic, mental health awareness, with our great, great special guest, Emily Conway, at Emily E. Conway on Instagram. Come along next week as Caitlin and I continue our monthly topic of mental health awareness with a very special guest, our great friend, Alyssa, at Liss underscore Thrift32 on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, give us a thumbs up, and chat with us, y'all. Let us know what topics you want to hear next. Also, this Saturday, March 22nd at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Plush and Posh group on Instagram is hosting their very first Instagram live sale, y'all. Come through and check us out and find some hot fire plus size items.